What's up, man? How's it going? Hi, good. How are you? Fine. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And we got a lot to talk about in this crazy week of football. Last week's games heading into this week. So um, this is another episode of the uh, NFL Talk AFC's podcast. So let's start off with Monday Night Football and how the how my second favorite team, the Rams, beat the Chiefs. That was a crazy game. And you got to admit, this was the game of the year. Oh, totally. And a big thing that I don't want to say shocked me, but I feel like people were talking about this to a lesser degree with team with the game between the Patriots and Kansas City earlier, that it had the potential to be a game of the year type of game. And it actually lived up to it even more so than that one, which is interesting because you get all these games with all the hype surrounding them and they, they usually fail to live up to it. And everyone thought this would be a shootout. Everyone thought it would be a high scoring back and forth game. And that's just exactly what it happened to turn out to be. And it was phenomenal to watch. It sure was. Um, it, the, the game went back and forth. We thought we were going to get into an overtime game. And the Rams won big time to help the Patriots increase their chances in getting home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs, which I thought this was a big win for the Rams in that in their part. Yes, it was huge for them. I'm glad they, they did move the game to L.A. I think it, it worked out well having that home field environment for the Rams. And after all they'd been through in L.A. the past few weeks, I think it was good for them to have a game there where they could all come together and enjoy that type of amazing game. But I, I would say it was a huge win for the Rams and also for the Rams to keep pace with the saints. Obviously if the saints went out, the saints are in control of their own destiny. But like, like you said, from a Patriots perspective, you had to be rooting for the Rams because this puts the chiefs only one game ahead of you now, which is, a, could be a big help. It sure is. And I, and then the chiefs have a bye week. I think the Patriots, Heading into Sunday's game against the Jets, I think the Patriots are going to come into that game so determined to be to move within a game against the over the Chiefs in that in that number one spot in the AFC since the Chiefs are on a bye week. So is the Rams too. Yes, absolutely, and I think with Kansas City, yeah, they had a a great game, and you know you've gotten from Kansas City in the past what you've gotten from them with the Andy Reid and Alex Smith teams, but now they have Patrick Mahomes. It does feel like there's a little bit of a different dynamic, but at the same time, it, it's still kind of the that same Kansas City team where, yeah, they hung tough in this one, but they they didn't manage it too well at the end of the game. You have um, Tyreek Hill taking the punt on the final drive back into his end zone when he should have just called the fair catch. I know he can turn the game around on a dime and wanted to do that, and then mismanaging the clock at the end, giving L.A. too much time to go back down and score. I'm sure you, when you were watching, I was watching with all my friends, but it was like Kansas City marched down and scores to take the lead, and you're like, they left L.A. way too much time with the way this game's going, and it just so happened that that was the case. It sure was, but um, I thought that both Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes had tremendous games, and that Monday night game proved to have higher TV ratings for ESPN. I thought it was a good thing they moved that game back to L.A. because it just it was because for me, the reason why I liked it, that they moved it back to Los Angeles was because what L.A. has been through, like what you said, especially with the wildfires, the mass shooting at Thousand Oaks. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the, the Rams won this game for the city of L.A. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And the, the, 
the power of sports to at least bring bring some sense of healing is is it's really powerful and i know um to in a different sense like in boston we've been through that with the marathon bombings and the red sox coming and winning the world series so i'm i'm a big believer in in sports as a vehicle for unity and and bringing people together like that yeah i'm I'm that way too when it comes to those type of things but Mm -hmm. i also think that heading into sunday's game for the patriots i think they are gonna be motivated to put up a lot of points over the jets like i i would predict i say the patriots will be up 42 nothing at halftime since on the jets side they're not going to start sam donald the jets are being very cautious with him although i was hoping to see him play on Sunday against Brady and the Patriots. Cause I really like what Sam Donald could do. Yeah, no, I, I like Donald too. And he, I think he is definitely, definitely the future for them. But at, at the same time, I will say Josh McCowan did keep the jets in one of those games last year, at least the one at the Meadowlands and uh, to a lesser degree, the second game in Foxborough. But Obviously, he's not he's not the guy. It's going to be Sam Darnold in the end, um, in the future. But as far as this week goes, I guess Josh McCown has had some sense of success against the Patriots in the past, which hopefully he won't keep up. But Yeah, because Sam Darnold's still nursing a foot injury, and the Jets are being very cautious with Sam Darnold for now. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's certainly an interesting game. I don't know if I... And as optimistic as you, I think the Patriots will win and win handily. I just don't know if it'll be something like 42 to nothing, like you said, at halftime. I think all in all, I know when we get to our predictions, we can talk about it more. But I, I feel something like 37 to 13 in, in the final score, something like that. Yeah, because, I mean, the Jets aren't that good of a team anyways. But what scares me heading into Sunday's game is the Jets' defense, especially their defensive line. Their secondary is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. linebacking core is pretty good, but I think Leonard Williams is going to be that guy on defense that the Patriots have to be careful of because he's the guy that's going to get to Brady quickly. Uh, Jamal Adams is a guy that really knows how to read the cornerback. Jermaine Johnson had a is having kind of a somewhat of a bad year, but I know it's a transition for Jermaine Johnson, who used to be an LA Ram. Yeah, definitely. And some of the guys you mentioned, it just shows the. The, the talent that the Jets have on all three levels of the ball there in in the on defense with Leonard Williams up front. Then you got guys like Jermaine Johnson and Avery Williamson, both pickups in the offseason who we talked about a few weeks ago in the secondary, and then Jamal Adams back there at safety. So they, they certainly do have some some name brand talent and some guys that can give you give you fits, but uh, it, it hasn't quite clicked for for the Jets so far this year. It has not, especially after that week one win against the Lions. Since then, the Jets have just been lost all around. Um, I also know that there's a former Patriot on the Jets, Daryl Roberts, I think, who could have been a Patriot star, but I think he's turned out to be a special, a good special teamer for the Jets. Uh, I think um, a player I like on the Jets, even though I, I don't like the Jets, I like Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's turned out to be Sam Darnold's number one guy to throw to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they certainly do have some weapons there, whether it's Robbie Anderson or Quincy Inunua, that they could give the Patriots fits. And I know we talked about a few weeks ago, too, they may have the tendency to be a little bit one-dimensional. We were kind of expecting a few weeks ago to maybe see Sam Darnold, so talking about him having to air the ball out a little bit, who knows if the game plan changes a little bit with Josh McCown in. But certainly with the injuries they've had to their running back core, you'd have to assume that 
they're going to be forced to have to pass. The guys like Robbie Anderson quite a bit tomorrow. Yeah, the Jets are going to be passing the ball a lot because they're not going to be running the ball too much. And also, there's a former Patriot as well that's on the Jets, Harvey Longy, who injured his back, who I thought had really good potential on the Patriots when he was with us. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't I, – the name rings a bell, but I don't remember him too much from his time here. Yeah, but I also – and also – Looking ahead to the games this week, the one game other than the Patriots against the Jets, the one I'm also looking forward to is that Monday night game when the Tennessee Titans, when since the Titans are Patriots 3.0, facing against the Patriots 4.0 and the Houston Texans. Yeah, definitely. A lot of two teams that we've talked about quite a bit, and they, uh, they definitely have their share of uh, Patriots personnel, both teams that have already played the Patriots this year. Uh, obviously, Tennessee with the win a couple weeks ago, and Houston – has really morphed into a different team since um, their loss to the Patriots to open the season. So that that would actually be, I mean, both teams are intriguing matchups and both would be interesting potential, maybe first round or second round opponents for the Patriots, depending on how the buys shake out. But a game, I'd say an an underrated matchup. I know it's not going to determine anything so much in the long run, but a matchup that I'm looking forward to is, Oakland and Baltimore. I know neither of those teams may be going anywhere. Oakland, certainly not. Uh, Baltimore, still with a, a slim chance in the AFC North, but probably not too likely. But I'm interested to see how Oakland and Derek Carr and John Gruden finish out this season. It's certainly been very tumultuous to begin. And it, Carr maybe has an audition for some other teams if the Raiders are going to trade him in the offseason and be able to prove that he is that franchise-leading quarterback again which despite the lack of talent, they should have more than two wins if you have a franchise quarterback in Derek Carr who's making all that amount of money. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how the end of the season shakes out with them. And I think this will be an interesting matchup against the Ravens' stout defense. And as usual, I'm excited to see what Lamar Jackson can do in place of Joe Flacco on the other end of the ball in that game. I think the Ravens have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs. I think Lamar Jackson is definitely going to have the starting quarterback job at the with the Ravens by season's end and heading into next season. And on the Raiders' side, um, I don't see the Raiders trading Derek Carr. It's a work in progress. He's their franchise quarterback. He's been through a lot because of the injuries that he suffered and hasn't been the same since breaking that tibula back in uh, 2016 when the Raiders had a chance to win the division. But I mm-hmm. think Derek Carr is their man going forward. Yeah, I hope so. I've always been a big believer in him probably a, a little too much so at times, but I still think he can be a very, very good quarterback. And it's just tough the way everything's shaken out since John Gruden's taken over in Oakland. I think you look Amari Cooper, who's going to help the Dallas Cowboys make the playoffs. Khalil Mack, who sacks everything in sight for the Bears and their league-leading defense, are the only two pro bowlers that Oakland's had, or all pros that they've had in our lifetime, pretty much. And they traded them both away in a matter of months. So it, it's certainly not um, conducive environment to winning, but hopefully Carr with what is left is able to piece a win or two together at the end of the season. And like he said um, to ESPN last week, he wants to mess up the top of the draft. Everyone thinks the Raiders are going to have the number one or number two pick. He wants to change that narrative and we'll see if he's able to. I think he will. Um mm-hmm. I really think when the Chiefs come off the bye week, I see the Oakland Raiders upsetting them so that the Patriots 
still get a chance at that number one spot. Yeah, I mean, looking at the end of the Chiefs' schedule, that may not be like that may not be the first game I'd pick for them to lose. But on the flip side, on Oakland's schedule, they they certainly do. If they are going to turn it around, they certainly do have a tough end to the season with two games against Kansas City. They play Pittsburgh. They play really tough defenses this week in Baltimore and in Denver a few weeks from now. And then they got Cincinnati, too. So certainly no cupcakes for them if they're looking to to turn their season around. But with Kansas City at the end of the season, I'm just pulling up their schedule. If they if they were to lose one more, um, I would say L.A. could come in and upset them just because I think L.A. is the the best team that they face the rest of this season. Obviously, it's in Kansas City, which which does hurt L.A., and the Chargers didn't look too great last week against Denver. Um, but who knows? Maybe Lamar Jackson the week before, too, when they face um, when they face the Baltimore Ravens. That could be an interesting matchup. You get Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, two guys who weren't the first quarterbacks or even the third or fourth taken in their draft, but still guys that are explosive in different ways, Mahomes with his arm and Lamar Jackson with his legs. So it's an interesting clash of styles there that, Maybe, who knows, maybe uh, Lamar is able to sneak out a victory there if he's still starting for them. Yeah, I could I could see that. But like I said, I think the Chiefs will, will lose another game against the Raiders on the road because I think the Chiefs will beat the Chargers in Kansas City because I think that's going to be a hard place to play. And mm-hmm. the Chiefs will end up with a two-seed in the, in the AFC. And, uh, and going back to, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing two – two Patriot players against each other when the Texans and Titans play. But I don't know who wins that game, to be honest. I like both teams, but I just don't know who wins this game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a tight one, no doubt. But I'm going to have to lean toward the Texans, especially being at home. And even though I was higher on the Titans coming into the season and they did look amazing against the Patriots, I I don't want to let that fool me and – They've still struggled a lot on offense. Their pieces seem to be coming together. Corey Davis had a monster game against the Patriots, and Deion Lewis a few weeks before that had a great rushing game. So the pieces are starting to come together, but I don't know. I, I tend to lean toward the Texans just because I at this point, I trust Deshaun Watson more than Marcus Mariota. In In the future, maybe that changes, and I think it has a very good chance of changing, but in the moment, I think Deshaun Watson may be the difference maker in this game. And if, if I had to pick, I would choose Houston right now. I, I would do, I would choose Houston too, because with Tennessee standpoint, um, I thought Mariota was going to be hundred percent ready for that game, but he's hurt right now. He has another elbow injury, which kind of bothers me because I know what type of quarterback Marcus Mariota is because um, I've always been a fan and a believer of Marcus Mariota. I know he has it. He has what it takes to be a great quarterback for the Titans and the league. But he just has to show it. He's just got to be more accurate. And I think this elbow injury is kind of killing him so far. Yeah, certainly. I mean, he's he's had an up-and-down season, and I, I agree with you completely. I think the elbow injury may may have um, a, play a big role in that. And it's just weird looking at the Tennessee Titans so far this season. They beat the Patriots by 24 they go into Dallas on Monday night and beat the Cowboys in their current form with Amari Cooper by 14. And then they have other games. They get shut out by the Ravens. They only muster nine points against the Jaguars, but are able to win. They only put up 12 points against the Bills and give the Bills one of their only wins of the season. So 
Tennessee's been been very hit or miss, and Houston seems to be the hot hand right now. They're going for, I believe, it would be their eighth straight victory since they started the season 0-3, uh, and pretty much a command on that division. That would put them two games up on Indy, depending on how next week shakes out, and three games up on Tennessee. So the Titan, uh, the Texans can really turn things around and cement their position as the AFC South top dogs right now with a win. Yeah, because they're healthy. And I think the Texans could be the team that dominates the AFC South when healthy because I don't see the AFC South having a repeated division winner. It's like the, it's like the NFC East 2.0 right there. Yeah, absolutely. You certainly, it's weird. You get some of those divisions where it's like you feel like you see the same teams every year. And I know we've mentioned a few weeks ago that with the AFC South, you just keep waiting and waiting for that one team to emerge every year. And it seems like each season there's a new team that you think is going to be the next big team in there for the next five or ten years. And then it doesn't happen. You get Indy with Andrew Luck, and then he has his injury problems and coming back and doing well so far. But Indy's nowhere near that team everyone thought it would be. You get the Jaguars last year who have the best defense in the world and go this close inches from the Super Bowl, and then they fall off this year. So now you got a little bit of a mess in the middle, but the Texans seem to be starting to separate themselves. And and really, maybe last season's a different story. If Deshaun Watson never gets hurt, they looked pretty good to begin that season. So maybe this is the start of some consistency for the Texans. Yes, I believe so, because Houston found its franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. They got Demarius Thomas, who I think is going to help the Texans in the long run, because you got to get targets for Deshaun Watson on offense. But I kind of think they're missing one one running back that I think couldn't really help them, because that's why I think when we talk about, when we record about the NFL offseason after the Super Bowl, I'll I'll discuss why I think Le'Veon Bell is going to leave Pittsburgh for sure, and then he'll sign with Houston. Because I think mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell would fit the Texans very well. Yeah, I, I think he would too. Lamar Miller has had a pretty good season, but if you're the Texans, it does seem like, like you said, that is the one one piece you're missing, and then you become a, a very dangerous team if you have Deshaun Watson at quarterback, Le'Veon Bell at running back, and DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. Those are three dynamic players on offense that really up there with would be up there with any offense in the league. I'd say they, they may have a chance to hang with a team like Kansas city. If they have that type of offense. That's why I think Houston is one running back away from being a contender. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And and I also think Tennessee just needs a little bit of work, but I think they're going to get there. Yeah, definitely. It's it's weird. Like we've talked about. With I re- like I said before, I really like how Mike Vrabel is running that program in Tennessee. Yes, I, I love what Mike Vrabel's done. I, I loved him as, his time here as a player. I did, too. I did like Mike Vrabel and his time as a Patriot. And I also really am pleased with the way he's running the program with the Titans. And I'm also pleased with how Matt Patricia is running the Lions, even though the Lions lost a crucial game against the Bears. But I think Matt Patricia is the right coach for the Lions. Absolutely. And I think you started to get a little nervous after that Jets game, the, the beginning of the season. But he, he has done an admirable job making this Lions team into a, a respectable team. And even with Matt Stafford in, their whole career, in his whole career, they, they've never really been a, a contending team. Uh, they've been close to division titles and won division titles. But even then, nobody really expected them to do anything in the postseason and when you look 
a first-year head coach in a division with the Vikings, who were one of the preseason favorites, the Bears, who have surprised everybody this year with their defense and everything, and the Packers, who have Aaron Rodgers. You, you're looking at being the fourth team in that division, and they're still doing a respectable job being at four and seven, and they have some quality wins like the one over the Patriots uh, and even beating the Panthers the week before losing to the Bears this past week. Yeah, but I, I think uh, – and I also, I also credit another former Patriot offensive coordinator that I like who's doing a great job with the Houston Texans. I've always been – a believer in Coach O'Brien because Bill O'Brien has done a fantastic job with the Texans. He's really made them an all-offensive team, and I think him and Romeo have done a good job on both different sides of the ball and both have different perspectives on what side of the ball to coach. Bill O'Brien is more of that offensive force on the Texans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I'm excited to see with the Texans what becomes of them now that they've got Deshaun Watson being fully healthy because. That's been the big thing. The Texans have always been, I, you, you put it perfectly, a, a team that was defense first, but now they've transitioned to offense with Deshaun Watson. And it always seemed like they were missing that quarterback, whether it was going to Brock Osweiler or people like that that just never worked out. But now they have Deshaun Watson, and they didn't have him for the playoffs last year, obviously, because he was injured. But I'm excited to see what they could potentially do in the playoffs and in the long run because – they do have that talent on offense now, like you mentioned, and still on defense. You got J.J. Watt, you got Jadavion Clowney, you got Whitney Merciless, which are three guys that you don't want to be facing down uh, if you're uh, running back or some offensive lineman. But also the pickup of Tyron Matthew, I think, could be huge for them in the long run. He's a guy that I want the Patriots to maybe take a flyer on for cheap and everything I've seen from him this year has been all, all positives, and that's a big boost to that secondary. Yeah, Tyron Matthew has done a great job with the Texans defense. And also, I think Houston, I think, is going to win the South by a lot. And I also think, um, looking at the games this week, the Thanksgiving games I thought were pretty good. But uh, the one that was an obvious win was the New Orleans Saints beating the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I I thought, obviously, the Saints would win. I was a little more hesitant to say they'd win by a lot than most just because um, I heard a lot of people saying the Saints will win by 20-plus or something like that. And I'm like, I thought it would be a little closer just because Atlanta does still have a pretty good offense. Obviously, they struggle running the ball with the Devonta Freeman injury, just having Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith. But offensively, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, they, I thought they could put up points on the Saints' defense. I, I wasn't expecting them to only put up 17, and I think Matt Ryan did struggle in a game that the Falcons probably weren't going to have, but a game that they needed to have to have some chance at making the playoffs this season. Yeah, I think right now the Falcons' playoff hopes are in jeopardy because they got to – I don't know what type of schedule they have down this stretch. It could be easy. It could be kind of hard. I think – the Falcon. I like Steve Sarkeesian as their offensive coordinator, but I kind of think the Falcons should fire him for a better one. Yes, definitely, and I think that, I think that they do Matt miss Ryan's uh, play, Matt Ryan's style of play. Yeah, and I guess two things on that. One, I think they do miss a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who's over in San Francisco now. Obviously, an easy move for him going to become a head coach and stuff. And who knows, Matt Ryan? I don't know. It was before my time, but. Maybe there was someone at BC who knew him really well, and I wouldn't mind them hiring a BC guy. Just 
got to give props to BC. <laughs> yeah, because of Matt Ryan. And uh, I think the Falcons are a great team. I know they have a lot of talent, but I think the thing that's missing for them is like getting a healthy Keanu Neal. Devontae Freeman really changes the complex of that offense. But I think the Falcons next year will be even better and, and compete and challenge the Saints in the division. Yeah, I think they can. That's another type of division that, I mean, you're starting to see the Saints pull themselves ahead, but it's it's been one of those funky divisions where you, it seems like you get a new division win every year, whether it's the Falcons having a 14-2 and two type of year, or the Panthers going to the Super Bowl, and then obviously you got your Breeze and the Saints. The Bucks can sneak in there every once in a while, but it, I feel like it has been one of those divisions like the ones we mentioned that you, you don't always see a repeat champion, and uh, the Saints are starting to establish themselves with that. How much longer it'll last, I don't know, because their team goes through Drew Brees, and once he's gone, I know he can play till 45 potentially and still play at a high level, but I, I just don't know how long the Saints will be up there. And I, I hope they have a good run this year because I think, I forget if I was talking with you or if I was talking with someone else, but a, a Tom Brady versus Drew Brees matchup in the Super Bowl would be a, a dream matchup that you're running out of time to see. Yes, I don't know absolutely. if we will see that, but it would be fun to watch. I, say, I, I think this is the year that we finally get to see that happen, a Tom Brady versus Drew Brees matchup in the Super Bowl, because I think right now the Saints will pro- – I think the Saints are most likely going to get the number one spot in the NFC because I know the Rams can get it, but I think I'd give it to the Saints right now. Yeah, they're definitely. They're just too good. Definitely. That offense is is a force to be reckoned with and just trying to check out some of their games the rest of the season. I mean, I will say they, they don't have – easiest end to the season I think the Saints are the better team in each of these games but they go to Dallas to face the Cowboys on a Thursday night they have two games with the Panthers and they host the Steelers do I think they can win all those games probably but it is a tougher schedule than I think other teams are going to see the rest of this season I kind of think the Saints will run out the rest of those games because I know the Cowboys can choke in, in late game situations the Steelers I think could could definitely get some losses because I think the the Patriots play the Steelers in December, so I think the uh, I think the Saints are have a very good chance in being the number one spot in the AFC and the NFC. And I think the NFC Championship game is going to be down in New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. When the I Rams think, go down there. Yeah, I I agree that those are going to be the two teams that are are there, and uh, it just like you said a few weeks ago, it, it may just matter who has home field advantage in this game. And right now, it's looking like it will be the Saints. And I think the Patriots will overtake the Chiefs in the number one spot in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I, I know we mentioned a few weeks ago, too. I, I, I'll i go a little more conservative and say maybe they get the second seed just because I'd like to see them go in to Kansas City and pull off a win. Do I think it'll be much easier to do it here? Yes. And I hope they are able to get the number one seed. I, I can totally see that happening, especially with the the tiebreaker. Uh, that the Patriots have, which is going to come in huge. But I think the Patriots-Steelers game is going to be a big one because that can obviously knock the Steelers out of getting a bye. And then if you're the Patriots, I think the Chiefs will lose at least one more game the rest of the season. So if you can win that Steelers game, you should be in pretty good shape and in the driver's seat to definitely get a bye and most likely get the one seed. Also, looking at the injury report for this Sunday's game for the Patriots and Jets, uh, Rob Gronkowski is good to go with an ankle and back. I thought it was good for him to miss 
the, the games before the bye week because it's good to be cautious with your star tight end like we addressed a couple weeks ago. Yes. Tom Brady had an illness, and then he had somewhat of a sorny, and he's good to go tomorrow. So the Patriots are in really good hands tomorrow. Definitely, yeah. And you expected Tom Brady to go. Rob Gronkowski would have been a little bit more of a question. Um, but I'm excited to see what they can do. I know people have been talking a lot about the decline in one or even both of those guys. And I think they can go out there tomorrow and really, really prove people wrong. And I know we'll get to it when we do keys to the game, but I'm looking to see what, what Gronk can do against that secondary, because even though we've said in the past that you, you don't need to get him involved, you just need him to be healthy in January. You still would like to see him get some consistent targets to stay engaged. Yeah, I, I could say that, but I don't think the Patriots are going to throw it to him right away. Because you want to save him for January and February? Because I think the I think Brady should throw more to Josh Gordon to start the game. Yes, definitely. I, like, I think the Patriots are more of a pass-first offense because I just don't think they're going to start the game with running the football. I would run the football for the Patriots if I'm in the end zone at the one-yard line. Yes, definitely. I One thing I, I will say, too, I would like to see their ability to run the ball. They don't have to do it a lot. They they can go back to being that pass first team, but now that Sonny Michelle's had a few more weeks to recover, I'd like to see him back fully healthy, what he can do. And James White, I don't know if they're going to run him a lot or just use him as a pass catching back out of the backfield like they normally do, but I'm interested to see what the running backs can do. Do I think they'll go to them a lot? Maybe not, but in their limited touches, I, I want to see what they can make of it. Yeah, I could see, I could see uh, James White being both. You get you, he can run the ball and then he could be the guy that that catches the deep pass, which I think that I have faith in. Yeah, definitely, he is one of, if not the best pass catching backs in the league, and it just makes him such a great dual threat. I know the Patriots don't use him as much straight running the ball, but he's certainly shown the ability to do that in the absence of guys like Sonny Michelle and Rex Burkhead. And I'm not totally sure, but when is Burkhead coming back? I thought he was pretty close to being cleared. Uh, Rex Burkhead should be back next Sunday, as we'll talk about next week when the Patriots play on a big game against the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, and, and that should be a big boost. Uh, I know a lot of people were looking into Rex Burkhead maybe being the number one feature back of this team going into the season. and Obviously, the injuries to begin didn't help, uh, so it'll be nice to see what they can do now that this team is getting healthy on both sides of the ball. Yeah, but again, we'll uh, talk next week about it. We'll recap this game, and uh, good luck to our team this weekend. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds like a plan. What's up, man? How's it going? Hi, good. How are you? Fine. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And we got a lot to talk about in this crazy week of football. Last week's games heading into this week. So um, this is another episode of the uh, NFL Talk AFC's podcast. So let's start off with Monday Night Football and how the how my second favorite team, the Rams, beat the Chiefs. That was a crazy game, and you got to admit this was the game of the year. Oh, totally! And a big thing that I don't want to say shocked me, but I feel like people were talking about this to a lesser degree with team with the game between the Patriots and Kansas City earlier that it had the potential to be a game of the year type of game. And it actually lived up to it. 
even more so than that one, which is interesting because you get all these games with all the hype surrounding them and they, they usually fail to live up to it. And everyone thought this would be a shootout. Everyone thought it would be a high scoring back and forth game. And that's just exactly what it happened to turn out to be. And it was phenomenal to watch. It sure was. Um, it, the, the game went back and forth. We thought we were going to get into an overtime game. And the Rams won big time to help the Patriots increase their chances in getting home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs, which I thought this was a big win for the Rams in that in their part. Yes, it was huge for them. I'm glad they, they did move the game to L.A. I think it it worked out well having that home field environment for the Rams. And after all they'd been through, in LA the past few weeks, I think it was good for them to have a game there where they could all come together and enjoy that type of amazing game. But I, I would say it was a huge win for the Rams and also for the Rams to keep pace with the saints. Obviously if the saints went out, the saints are in control of their own destiny. But like, like you said, from a Patriots perspective, you had to be rooting for the Rams because this puts the chiefs only one game ahead of you now, which is, a, could be a big help. It sure is. And I and then the Chiefs have a bye week. I think the Patriots heading into Sunday's game against the Jets. I think the Patriots are gonna come into that game so determined to be to move within a game against the over the Chiefs in that in that number one spot in the AFC since the Chiefs are on a bye week. So is the Rams too. Yes, absolutely. And I think with Kansas City, yeah, they had a a great game and you know you've gotten from Kansas City in the past what you've gotten from them with the Andy Reid and Alex Smith teams but now they have Patrick Mahomes it does feel like there's a little bit of a different dynamic but at the same time it, it's still kind of the that same Kansas City team where yeah they hung tough in this one but they they didn't manage it too well at the end of the game you have um Tyreek Hill taking the punt on the final drive back into his end zone when he should have just called the fair catch. I know he can turn the game around on a dime and wanted to do that. And then mismanaging the clock at the end, giving LA too much time to go back down and score. I'm sure you, when you were watching, I was watching with all my friends, but it was like Kansas city marched down scores to take the lead. And you're like, they left LA way too much time with the way this game's going. And it just so happened that that was the case. It sure was, but um, I thought that both Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes had tremendous games. And that Monday night game proved to have higher TV ratings for ESPN. I thought it was a good thing they moved that game back to L.A. because it just it was because for me, the reason why I liked it, that they moved it back to Los Angeles was because what L.A. has been through, like what you said, especially with the wildfires, the mass shooting at Thousand Oaks. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, – the Rams won this game for the city of L.A. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And the, the the power of sports to at least bring bring some sense of healing is is it's really powerful. And I know, um, to in a different sense, like in Boston, we've been through that with the marathon bombings and the Red Sox coming and winning the World Series. So I'm I'm a big believer in in sports as a, a vehicle for unity and and bringing people together like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm that way too when it comes to those type of things. But mm-hmm. I also think that heading into Sunday's game for the Patriots, I think they are going to be motivated to put up a lot of points over the Jets. Like, I, I would predict, I say the Patriots will be up 42 nothing at halftime. Since on the Jets' side, they're not going to start Sam Donald. The Jets are being very cautious with him. Although I was yeah. hoping to see him play 
on Sunday against Brady and the Patriots. Because I really like what Sam Donald could do. Yeah, no, I, I like Donald too. And he I think he is definitely definitely the future for them. But at, at the same time, I will say Josh McCowan did keep the Jets in one of those games last year, at least the one at the Meadowlands. And uh, to a lesser degree, the second game in Foxborough. But obviously he's not he's not the guy it's going to be Sam Darnold in the end um in the future but as far as this week goes I guess Josh McCown has had some sense of success against the Patriots in the past which hopefully he won't keep up but yeah because Sam Darnold's still nursing a foot injury and the Jets are being very cautious with Sam Darnold for now mm-hmm. yes absolutely and uh, it's certainly an interesting game I don't know if I and as optimistic as you, I think the Patriots will win and win handily. I just don't know if it'll be something like 42 or nothing, like you said, at halftime. I think all in all, I know when we get to our predictions, we can talk about it more. But I, I feel something like 37 to 13 in the final score, something like that. Yeah, because, I mean, the Jets aren't that good of a team anyways. But what scares me heading into Sunday's game is the Jets' defense, especially their defensive line. Their secondary is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. linebacking core is pretty good, but I think Leonard Williams is going to be that guy on defense that the Patriots have to be careful of because he's the guy that's going to get to Brady quickly. Uh, Jamal Adams is a guy that really knows how to read the cornerback. Jermaine Johnson had a is having kind of a somewhat of a bad year, but I know it's a transition for Jermaine Johnson, who used to be an LA Ram. Yeah, definitely. And some of the guys you mentioned, it just shows the. The, the talent that the Jets have on all three levels of the ball there in in the on defense with Leonard Williams up front. Then you got guys like Tremaine Johnson and Avery Williamson, both pickups in the offseason who we talked about a few weeks ago in the secondary, and then Jamal Adams back there at safety. So they, they certainly do have some some name brand talent and some guys that can give you give you fits, but uh, it, it hasn't quite clicked for for the Jets so far this year. It has not, especially after that week one win against the Lions. Since then, the Jets have just been lost all around. Um, I also know that there's a former Patriot on the Jets, Daryl Roberts, I think, who could have been a Patriot star, but I think he's turned out to be a special, a good special teamer for the Jets. Uh, I think um, a player I like on the Jets, even though I, I don't like the Jets, I like Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's turned out to be Sam Darnold's number one guy to throw to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they certainly do have some weapons there, whether it's Robbie Anderson or Quincy Inunua, that they could give the Patriots fits. And I know we talked about a few weeks ago, too, they may have the tendency to be a little bit one-dimensional. We were kind of expecting a few weeks ago to maybe see Sam Darnold, so talking about him having to air the ball out a little bit, who knows if the game plan changes a little bit with Josh McCown in. But certainly with the injuries they've had to their running back core, you'd have to assume that they're going to be forced to have to pass the guys like Robbie Anderson quite a bit tomorrow. Yeah, the Jets are going to be passing the ball a lot because they're not going to be running the ball too much. And also, there's a former Patriot as well that's on the Jets, Harvey Longy, who injured his back, who I thought had really good potential on the Patriots when he was with us. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't I, The name rings a bell, but I don't remember him too much from his time here. Yeah, but I also – and also – Looking ahead to the games this week, the one game other than the Patriots against the Jets, the one I'm also looking forward to is that Monday night game when the Tennessee Titans, when since the Titans are Patriots 3.0, facing against the Patriots 4.0 and the Houston Texans. Yeah, definitely. A lot of two teams that we've talked about quite a bit, and they uh, 
they definitely have their share of uh, Patriots personnel, both teams that have already played the Patriots this year. Uh, obviously, Tennessee with the win a couple weeks ago. And Houston has really morphed into a different team since um, their loss to the Patriots to open the season. So it, that that would actually be – I mean, both teams are intriguing matchups, and both would be interesting potential maybe first-rounder, second-round opponents for the Patriots, depending on how the buys shake out. But a game – I'd say – an, an underrated matchup. I know it's not going to determine anything so much in the long run, but a matchup that I'm looking forward to is Oakland and Baltimore. I know neither of those teams may be going anywhere. Oakland, certainly not. Uh, Baltimore still with a, a slim chance in the AFC North, but probably not too likely. But I'm interested to see how Oakland and Derek Carr and John Gruden finish out this season. It's certainly been very tumultuous to begin. And, Carr maybe has an audition for some other teams if the Raiders are going to trade him in the offseason and be able to prove that he is that franchise-leading quarterback again, which, despite the lack of talent, they should have more than two wins if you have a franchise quarterback in Derek Carr who's making all that amount of money. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how the end of the season shakes out with them, and I think this will be an interesting matchup against the Ravens' stout defense and as usual, I'm excited to see what Lamar Jackson can do in place of Joe Flacco on the other end of the ball in that game. I think the Ravens have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs. I think Lamar Jackson is definitely going to have the starting quarterback job at the with the Ravens by season's end and heading into next season. And on the Raiders' side, um, I don't see the Raiders trading Derek Carr. It's a work in progress. He's their franchise quarterback. He's been through a lot because of the injuries that he suffered. And hasn't been the same since breaking that tibula back in uh, 2016 when the Raiders had a chance to win the division. But I think Derek Carr is their man going forward. Yeah, I hope so. I've always been a big believer in him, probably a, a little too much so at times. But I still think he can be a very, very good quarterback. And it's just tough the way everything's shaken out since John Gruden's taken over in Oakland, I think. You look, Amari Cooper, who's going to help the Dallas Cowboys make the playoffs. Khalil Mack, who sacks everything in sight for the Bears in their league-leading defense, are the only two pro bowlers that Oakland's had, or all pros that they've had in our lifetime, pretty much. And they traded them both away in a matter of months. So it's certainly not a conducive environment to winning, but hopefully Carr, with what is left, is able to piece a win or two together the end of the season and like he said um dspn last week he wants to mess up the top of the draft everyone thinks the raiders are gonna have the number one or number two pick he wants to change that narrative and we'll see if he's able to i think he will um Mm -hmm. i really think when the chiefs come off the bye week i see the oakland raiders upsetting them so that the patriots still get a chance at that number one spot yeah i mean looking at the end of the Chiefs' schedule that may not be like that may not be the first game i'd pick for them to lose but on the flip side on Oakland's schedule they they certainly do if they are going to turn it around they certainly do have a tough end to the season with two games against Kansas City they play Pittsburgh they play really tough defenses this week in Baltimore and in Denver a few weeks from now and then they got Cincinnati too so certainly no cupcakes for them if they're looking to to turn their season around but with Kansas City at the end of the season I'm just pulling up their schedule if they if they were to lose one more um I would say L.A. could come in and upset them just because I think L.A. is the the best team that they face the rest of this season. Obviously, it's in Kansas City, which 
which does hurt LA and the Chargers didn't look too great last week against Denver. Um, but who knows? Maybe Lamar Jackson the week before too, when they face um, when they face the Baltimore Ravens, that could be an interesting matchup. You get Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, two guys who weren't the first quarterbacks or even the third or fourth taken in their draft, but still guys that are explosive in different ways. Mahomes with his arm and Lamar Jackson with his legs. So it's an interesting clash of styles there that maybe, who knows, maybe uh, Lamar is able to sneak out a victory there if he's still starting for them. Yeah, I could I could see that. But like I said, I think the Chiefs will, will lose another game against the Raiders on the road because I think the Chiefs will beat the Chargers in Kansas City because I think that's going to be a hard place to play. And mm-hmm. the Chiefs will end up with a two seed in the in the AFC, and uh, and going back to like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing two two Patriot players against each other when the Texans and Titans play. But I don't know who wins that game, to be honest. I like both teams, but I just don't know who wins this game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a tight one, no doubt. But I'm going to have to lean toward the Texans, especially being at home and. Even though I was higher on the Titans coming into the season and they did look amazing against the Patriots, I I don't want to let that fool me. And they've still struggled a lot on offense. Their pieces seem to be coming together. Corey Davis had a monster game against the Patriots and Deion Lewis a few weeks before that had a great rushing game. So the pieces are starting to come together, but I don't know. I I tend to lean toward the Texans just because I, at this point, I trust Deshaun Watson more than Marcus Mariota. In in the future, maybe that changes, and I think it has a very good chance of changing. But in the moment, I think Deshaun Watson may be the difference maker in this game. And if if I had to pick, I would choose Houston right now. I, I would do. I would choose Houston too because, with Tennessee standpoint, um, I thought Mariota was going to be 100 percent ready for that game, but he's hurt right now. He has another elbow injury, which kind of bothers me because. I know what type of quarterback Marcus Mariota is because um, I've always been a fan and a believer of Marcus Mariota. I know he has it. He has what it takes to be a great quarterback for the Titans and the league, but he just has to show it. He's just got to be more accurate. And I think this elbow injury is kind of killing him so far. Yeah, certainly. I mean, he's he's had an up-and-down season, and I I agree with you completely. I think the elbow injury may may have – play a big role in that and it's just weird looking at the Tennessee Titans so far this season they beat the Patriots by 24 they go into Dallas on Monday night and beat the Cowboys in their current form with Amari Cooper by 14 and then they have other games they get shut out by the Ravens they only muster nine points against the Jaguars but are able to win they only put up 12 points against the Bills and give the Bills one of their only wins of the season so Tennessee's been been very hit or miss and Houston seems to be the hot hand right now. They're going for, I believe, it would be their eighth straight victory since they started the season 0-3, and and pretty much a command on that division. That would put them two games up on Indy, depending on how next week shakes out, and three games up on Tennessee. So the uh, the Texans can really turn things around and cement their position as the AFC South top dogs right now with a win. Yeah, because they're healthy. And I think the Texans could be the team that dominates the AFC South when healthy because I don't see the AFC South having a repeated division winner. It's like the, it's like the NFC East 2.0 right there. Yeah, absolutely. You certainly, it's weird. You get some of those divisions where it's like, you feel like you see the same teams every year. And 
I know we've mentioned a few weeks ago that with the AFC South, you just keep waiting and waiting for that one team to emerge every year. And it seems like each season there's a new team that you think is going to be the next big team in there for the next five or ten years, and then it doesn't happen. You get Indy with Andrew Luck, and then he has his injury problems and coming back and doing well so far, but Indy's nowhere near that team everyone thought it would be. You get the Jaguars last year who have the best defense in the world and go this close inches from the Super Bowl, and then they fall off this year, so now you got a little bit of a mess in the middle, but the Texans seem to be starting to separate themselves. And and really, maybe last season's a different story. If Deshaun Watson never gets hurt, they looked pretty good to begin that season. So maybe this is the start of some consistency for the Texans. Yes, I believe so, because Houston found its franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. They got Demarius Thomas, who I think is going to help the Texans in the long run, because you got to get targets for Deshaun Watson on offense. But I kind of think they're missing one one running back that I think couldn't really help them. Because that's why I think when we talk about – when we record about the NFL offseason after the Super Bowl, I'll, I'll discuss why I think Le'Veon Bell is going to leave Pittsburgh for sure and then he'll sign with Houston. Because I think mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell would fit the Texans very well. Yeah, I, I think he would too. Lamar Miller has had – a pretty good season, but if you're the Texans, it does seem like, like you said, that is the one one piece you're missing, and then you become a, a very dangerous team if you have Deshaun Watson at quarterback, Le'Veon Bell at running back, and DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. Those are three dynamic players on offense that really up there with, would be up there with any offense in the league, I'd say. They, they may have a chance to hang with a team like Kansas City if they have that type of offense. That's why I think Houston is one running back away from being a contender. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And and I also think Tennessee just needs a little bit of work, but I think they're going to get there. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's weird. Like we've talked about, like I said before, I really like how Mike Vrabel is running that program in Tennessee. Yes. I I love what Mike Vrabel's done. I I loved him as his time here as a player. I did too. I did like, Mike Vrabel and his time as a Patriot and I also really am pleased with the way he's running the program with the Titans and I'm also pleased with how Matt Patricia is running the Lions even though the Lions lost a crucial game against the Bears but I think Matt Patricia is the right coach for the Lions absolutely and I think you started to get a little nervous after that Jets game the the beginning of the season but he he has done an admirable job making this Lions team into a, a respectable team and even with Matt Stafford and their whole career in his whole career, they they've never really been a, a contending team. Uh, they've been close to division titles and won division titles, but even then nobody really expected them to do anything in the postseason. And when you look a first year head coach in a division with the Vikings who were one of the preseason favorites, the bears who have surprised everybody this year with their defense and everything. And the Packers who have Aaron Rodgers. You, you're looking at being the fourth team in that division, and they're still doing a respectable job being at four and seven. And they have some quality wins, like the one over the Patriots, uh, and even beating the Panthers the week before losing to the Bears this past week. Yeah, but I, I think, uh, and I also, I also credit another former Patriot offensive coordinator that I like, who's doing a great job with the Houston Texans. I've always been a believer in Coach O'Brien because Bill O'Brien has done a fantastic job with the Texans. He's really made them an all-offensive team. And I think 
him and Romeo have done a good job on both different sides of the ball and both have different perspectives on what side of the ball to coach. Bill O'Brien is more of that offensive force on the Texans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I'm excited to see with the Texans what becomes of them now that they've got Deshaun Watson being fully healthy because that's been the big thing. The Texans have always been, I, you, you put it perfectly, a, a team that was defense first, but now they've transitioned to offense with Deshaun Watson. And it always seemed like they were missing that quarterback, whether it was going to Brock Osweiler or people like that that just never worked out. But now they have Deshaun Watson and they didn't have him for the playoffs last year, obviously, because he was injured. But I'm excited to see what they could potentially do in the playoffs and in the long run, because they do have that talent on offense now, like you mentioned, and still on defense. You got J.J. Watt, you got Jadavion Clowney, you got Whitney Merciless, which are three guys that you don't want to be facing down uh, if you're uh, running back or some offensive lineman. But also the pickup of Tyron Matthew, I think, could be huge for them in the long run. He's a guy that I want the Patriots to maybe take a flyer on for cheap and Everything I've seen from him this year has been all all positives, and that's a big boost to that secondary. Yeah, Tyron Matthew has done a great job with the Texans defense, and also I think Houston I think is going to win the South by a lot. And I also think um, looking at the games this week, the Thanksgiving games I thought were pretty good, but at, uh, the one that was an obvious win was the New Orleans Saints beating the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I, I thought obviously the Saints would win. I was a little more hesitant to say they'd win by a lot than most just because um, I heard a lot of people saying the Saints will win by 20-plus or something like that. And I'm like, I thought it'd be a little closer just because Atlanta does still have a pretty good offense. Obviously, they struggle running the ball with the Devonta Freeman injury, just having Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith. But offensively, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, they – I thought they could put up points on the Saints defense. I I wasn't expecting them to only put up 17, and I think Matt Ryan did struggle in a game that the Falcons probably weren't going to have, but a game that they needed to have to have some chance at making the playoffs this season. Yeah, I think right now the Falcons' playoff hopes are in jeopardy because they got to – I don't know what type of schedule they have down the stretch. It could be easy. It could be kind of hard. I think – the Falcon. I like Steve Sarkeesian as their offensive coordinator, but I kind of think the Falcons should fire him for a better one. Yes, definitely, and I think that, I think that they do miss Matt Ryan's uh, play, Matt Ryan's style of play. Yeah, and I guess two things on that. One, I think they do miss a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who's over in San Francisco now. Obviously, an easy move for him going to become a head coach and stuff. And who knows, Matt Ryan? I don't know. It was before my time, but. Maybe there was someone at BC who knew him really well, and I wouldn't mind them hiring a BC guy. Just got to give props to BC. <laughs> yeah, because of Matt Ryan. And uh, I think the Falcons are a great team. I know they have a lot of talent, but I think the thing that's missing for them is like getting a healthy Keanu Neal. Devontae Freeman really changes the complex of that offense. But I think the Falcons next year will be even better and, and compete and challenge the Saints in the division. Yeah, I think they can. That's another type of division that, I mean, you're starting to see the Saints pull themselves ahead, but it's 
it's been one of those funky divisions where it seems like you get a new division win every year, whether it's the Falcons having a 14 and two type of year, the Panthers going to the Super Bowl, and then obviously got your breeze in the saints. The bucks can sneak in there every once in a while, but it, I feel like it has been one of those divisions like the ones we mentioned that you, you don't always see a repeat champion. And uh, the saints are starting to establish themselves with that. How much longer it'll last. I don't know because their team goes through drew Brees and, once he's gone, I know he can play till 45 potentially and still play at a high level, but I, I just don't know how long the Saints will be up there. And I, I hope they have a good run this year because I think, I forget if I was talking with you or if I was talking with someone else, but a, a Tom Brady versus Drew Brees matchup in the Super Bowl would be a, a dream matchup that you're running out of time to see. Yes, I don't know absolutely. if we will see that, but it would be fun to watch. I, say, I, I think this is the year that we finally get to see that happen, a Tom Brady versus Drew Brees matchup in the Super Bowl, because I think right now the Saints will pro- – I think the Saints are most likely going to get the number one spot in the NFC because I know the Rams can get it, but I think I'd give it to the Saints right now. Yeah, They're definitely. They're just too good. Definitely. That offense is is a force to be reckoned with and just trying to check out some of their games the rest of the season. I mean, I will say they, they don't have – easiest end to the season I think the Saints are the better team in each of these games but they go to Dallas to face the Cowboys on a Thursday night they have two games with the Panthers and they host the Steelers do I think they can win all those games probably but it is a tougher schedule than I think other teams are going to see the rest of this season I kind of think the Saints will run out the rest of those games because I know the Cowboys can choke in, in late game situations the Steelers I think could could definitely get some losses because I think the, the Patriots play the Steelers in December. So I think the uh, I think the Saints are have a very good chance in being the number one spot in the AFC and the NFC. And I think the NFC Championship game is going to be down in New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. When I the Rams think, go down there. Yeah, I I agree that those are going to be the two teams that are are there. And uh, it just like you said a few weeks ago, it, it may just matter who has home field advantage in this game. And, Right now, it's looking like it will be the Saints. And I think the Patriots will overtake the Chiefs in the number one spot in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I, I know we mentioned a few weeks ago, too. I, I, I'll go a little more conservative and say maybe they get the second seed just because I'd like to see them go in to Kansas City and pull off a win. Do I think it'll be much easier to do it here? Yes. And I hope they are able to get the number one seed. I, I can totally see that happening, especially with the the tiebreaker uh, that the Patriots have, which is going to come in huge. But I think the Patriots-Steelers game is going to be a big one because that can obviously knock the Steelers out of getting a bye. And then if you're the Patriots, I think the Chiefs will lose at least one more game the rest of the season. So if you can win that Steelers game, you should be in pretty good shape and in the driver's seat to definitely get a bye and most likely get the one seed. Also, looking at the injury report for this Sunday's game for the Patriots and Jets, uh, Rob Gronkowski is good to go with an ankle and back. I thought it was good for him to miss the, the games before the bye week because it's good to be cautious with your star tight end like we addressed a couple weeks ago. Yes. And Tom Brady had an illness, and then he had somewhat of a sorny, and he's good to go tomorrow. So the Patriots are in really good hands tomorrow. Definitely, yeah. And you expected Tom Brady to go. Rob Gronkowski would have been a little bit more of a question. Um, but I'm excited to see what they can do. I know people have been talking a lot about the decline in one or even both of those guys. And I think they can go out there tomorrow and really, really prove people wrong. And I know we'll get to it when we do keys to the game, but 
I'm looking to see what what Gronk can do against that secondary because even though we've said in the past that you you don't need to get him involved, you just need him to be healthy in January. You still would like to see him get some consistent targets to stay engaged. Yeah, I I could say that, but I don't think the Patriots are going to throw it to him right away because you want to save him for January and February because I think the I think Brady should throw more to Josh Gordon to start the game. Yes, definitely. I, like, I think the Patriots are more of a pass first offense because. I just don't think they're going to start the game with running the football. I would run the football for the Patriots if I'm in the end zone at the one-yard line. Yes, definitely. I, one thing I, I will say, too, I would like to see their ability to run the ball. They don't have to do it a lot. They, they can go back to being that pass-first team. But now that Sonny Michelle's had a few more weeks to recover, I'd like to see him back fully healthy, what he can do, and – James White, I don't know if they're going to run him a lot or just use him as a pass-catching back out of the backfield like they normally do, but I'm interested to see what the running backs can do. Do I think they'll go to them a lot? Maybe not, but in their limited touches, I, I want to see what they can make of it. Yeah, I could see I could see uh, James White being both. You get you, He can run the ball, and then he could be the guy that, that catches the deep pass, which I think that I have faith in. Yeah, definitely. He is one of, if not the best, pass-catching backs in the league, and it just makes him such a great dual threat. I know the Patriots don't use him as much straight running the ball, but he's certainly shown the ability to do that in the absence of guys like Sonny Michelle and Rex Burkhead. And I'm not totally sure, but when is Burkhead coming back? I thought he was pretty close to being cleared. Uh, Rex Burkhead should be back next Sunday, as we'll talk about next week when the Patriots play on a big game against the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, and, and that should be a big boost. Uh, I know a lot of people were looking into Rex Burkhead maybe being the number one feature back of this team going into the season, and obviously the injuries to begin didn't help. Uh, so it'll be nice to see what they can do now that this team is getting healthy on both sides of the ball. Yeah, but well, again, we'll uh, talk next week about it. We'll recap this game, and uh, good luck to our team this weekend, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds like a plan.